We're rolling. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 66 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. We're sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. We're also sponsored by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business, websites, Google ads, graphic design, literally anything that you need, uh, they can help. Uh, check them out at bbdigitalmarketing.com. Uh, I've got a little uh, something special here for you guys today. Just a, a little favor from our listeners. Um, I have a friend. His name is John Carlos. If you follow us on social media, you've seen that uh, that we've uh, reposted his uh, GoFundMe. Um, got cancer. Just found out recently. Um, won't go into the details, but he's the main breadwinner in his family, uh, and he needs a little bit of help. Uh, if uh, if you Go to our Instagram, click on the link in our bio. It'll take you right to our link tree at the top. I put the fundraiser there. If you donate $100 or more, I'm going to send you a free podcast mug. Just send me a snapshot of your receipt. We'll confirm. Send me your full name, mailing address, and once we confirm, we'll ship it out. All right, so uh, anything that you could do to help. He's an old training partner of mine, went from Fight Sports over to American Top Team in Coconut Creek, uh, and great guy. Uh, it's got a, you know, two children, so he could use our help. So, uh, let's help out one of our brothers. Uh, last but not least, shout out to our newest sponsor, Hernandez Claims right here in sunny South Florida. George is a, a public adjuster, uh, which is an independent insurance professional that a residential or commercial policyholder can hire to help settle insurance claims on their behalf. So call George, let him know the dummy sent you, check him out at HernandezClaims.com. You can even fill out the little form and request a callback. Okay. I'm Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. You can check me out on Instagram at Uncle Milty BJJ or the, the handle for the for the, the podcast at Jujitsu Dummies. We got Bo behind the camera. Yo. Miguel's got COVID. Boo. Boo. <laughs> he finally caught it. He's got the flu. We all got it. But uh, let's just dive right in today. Joining us today, we've got our waiting in the wings here. We've got Jujitsu Black Belt and uh, Fight to Win Champ. You are, Do you hold the belt currently? I would have it vacated because it was a brown belt. Oh, and now you're black. So, uh, mm-hmm, okay, so. so fight to win, champ, and PFL <laughs> fighter Brittany Elkin. Welcome, Brittany. How you doing? Hey, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Thank. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, you've got a lot, a lot of things going on, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's do a little bit. Kind of start from the beginning at least of your MMA journey. So let's talk about like the actual getting, you know, we're talking about PFL, Bellator, you know, getting into the fight scene. Was that something that you always had planned? Was that part of the, you know, when you started training, you know, uh, martial arts, was that, was that in the cards for you? I mean, I think it, as a dreamer, like I'm a dreamer and I always dreamt to make it actually, I was wishing, cause I would fight at 145. I was mm-hmm. really wishing to get into the UFC you know, 10 years ago, that was my huge dream. Um, and I mean, I was just, Bellator called me on a, a fallout fight. So like, that was like my one big opportunity to like break from, you know, regional fighting into like a, a main premier fight league. Um, of course, it, of course, it was always like a like subconscious plan to like keep rising. Um, and PFL, they didn't have anybody to fight Kayla and nobody would fight her. And I was, I took the first opportunity. So that's how I kind of broke, um, into there. And they offered me a similar type matchup when I fought with Clarissa. I think I just, um, ended up in those places. I'm very happy to be there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I dreamed of definitely 
getting into a larger promotion since the start of my fight career. So okay. it was kind of a plan, I guess. So when did you start the martial arts? Jiu-Jitsu, was that the first thing that you did? Or do you, are you like the rest of us? We have some story that our, our parents put us into Taekwondo when we were little kids. I didn't, I didn't start till like I was 21 after my oh, yeah. divorce. Oh, wow. Um I was in Gillette, Wyoming, and I was bartending. Big scene out there. Big jujitsu scene out there. Right? I mean, I don't know why you haven't heard of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was, I was at a beer garden. I was beer gardening at like the outdoor cage fights. Okay. At a bar. And um, actually, the promoter hired Spencer Fisher to be like, uh, like a, a person to meet yeah. there. Okay. And the promoter and Spencer came up to me and kind of was like, wow, you look like a fighter. Um, I was like serving Coronas and they're like, you should come try it. And that was like 12, 13 years ago, maybe. And um, that's how I got into fighting. Um, Do you call that beer guarding? Is that what you're calling it? Or is that the no, name of it? I was in like a beer garden. Like, okay, you know, okay. <laughs> you come get your beer from okay, the okay. Like, Corona cooler is what my job was, like serving $9 Coronas or something. And it was outdoor yeah. and those guys were just like, you kind of have the stature for a fighter and you should try it. And then I took my first fight three months after I started training. So oh, wow. That's, so yeah. 21 years old, you just start training for those that, the, for those that don't know, you're 5'11". I'm 5'11". Yeah. I'm 5'11". So, and I was, I was doing like, I was already working out cause I was going through a divorce, you know, it's kind of happens like the divorce diet. And I was like, CrossFit was huge, huge, huge. And I was like muscular, I will admit. Um, so like I have that kind of physique, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this was a long time ago and they, they talked me into it. I fought uncommissioned, I think in uh, Spearfish, South Dakota against a flaunt model. That was my first fight. A what so. model? Um, what? Like, if you've ever heard of the Sturgis, South Dakota rally. Yes. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. So there's the, that's right by the area I'm from. And there's those girls that are called flaunt models, which basically was sexy models. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that was my first fight. I fought a flaunt model. My Bo and I, my producer and myself, we actually, we worked on a motorcycle build off TV show that ran oh. on ESPN two for like one season that's how we met. So we're very familiar with the motorcycle rallies and, and Sturges. I, I never went. Did you go to Sturges, Bo? No, no, I've never, never been, but I've been to I, others, I never went. Yeah. But we went to Vegas. Bo had okay. a, I go to the Bo local a, ones. A, 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 he's an, a graphic artist, so he had a, uh, what is, what's one that of, area called? My, the, uh, the, that's uh, Fremont that's Street. Fremont Street. Have you ever been to Vegas, oh, right? Yeah, Fremont Street? Yeah, yeah. The uh -huh. drawer, the, 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 the digital creation. Oh, he was supposed, we were going to build this bike for Fremont Street. It ran in this video on oh, cool. across uh, across that whole screen the, the of canopy yeah yeah the canopy it, w it was awesome we we re we thought we were going to be millionaires after that show <laughs> we should have been nope. <laughs> we should have been <laughs> so so okay so you're out there and when you you mentioned uh, mentioned uh spencer fisher that's Spencer like, the Kingfisher. For those that don't know, right? He was you, like a, he was like the the two like the meet and greet fighter at that show. Yeah, you know he was the like coming up person in the UFC at the time, mm -hmm. and I think the promoter paid him to like you know do the like you know be an appearance type thing. Yeah. <laughs> the P Diddy, <laughs> the P Diddy of the at, of, at the club. <laughs> He's at Wyoming. <laughs> you know? and, uh, <laughs> but he definitely was like you know he was like everybody was like oh man did you hear the ufc fighters here and i i like 
I wasn't, I hadn't, I wasn't even a fan at the time. I was just working. And so you had never, never trained. You just said you were doing uh, CrossFit. No, I was just doing trained. like weightlifting and stuff, like trying to be in shape, trying to be the hottest girl in Gillette, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, trying to be a flaunt model. Yeah, just, yes. A flaunt model was my goal. No, absolutely not. But they, um, they just kind of like, I, like I have, I was like, I was so ignorant of like what I was getting into at the time. Like I was like, yeah, I get in a cage in three months, no problem. And that's kind of what happened. I only, mm. I think I just ran a lot on a treadmill and like put my foot in a tire and punched people. And like, that's my memories. <laughs> and, um, I ended up not even knowing the rules for my first fight and I kicked her in the face on the ground and oh my God, <laughs> oh, it was, wow. a, it was a big learning experience, but it, it just spun the wheel to like the next I mean, I fought my first year, my first year of ever training. I think I fought four times amateur and, um, that's a lot. That's a lot for even an amateur. Yeah, it was like, but that was in Wyoming. We didn't have a sanction at that time and, um, no commission or nothing. You know what I mean? So like you got away with these like things a, lot, a while back. There is, there is protective things in place that now, so now, wouldn't happen they have a anymore. commission now. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, picturing like those backyard brawl you know, VHS tapes. That people like used to put out. I thought, I mean, outside was one of my fights and they have like those big construction lamps on top of the cage, like for lighting, like not like real lighting. And it was like mosquito heaven above the cage, oh, like wow. where like that. And you could smoke inside the bars where I fought and stuff. So it feels like, like a long, long time ago, even though it was only like a little over 10 years ago, but yeah, it was a big difference than like, so you get into the ring after three months at that point that fight's over did you win that fight i did i okay. did i won that fight it was like it was like the most incredible white belt fight you've ever yeah. seen just like two <laughs> girls like, just beating the shit out of each other and i'm actually really still friends with ryan i just saw her last summer so it's kind of fun i was gonna know? ask you know was she did she have more experience or was she just thrown in there as well she, she um Speaking of Sturgis, the knuckle saloon fights used to be really big back then. So this was a like in in Sturgis, it was a bar. And during bike week, you could go put your name on a list and they would match you. There was no sanction there. So she had like three or four knuckle fights, which is just like basically two people in a crowd fighting each other. And I was terrified because I was like, this girl's got so much experience. <laughs> just like, what am I going to do? I remember like going to work the night before weigh-ins or something just crying to all my like, i'm gonna get beat up in front of all my friends in gillette and yeah it's just such a different chain of experiences but yeah um she was i guess you would say more experienced she continued fighting for a while i don't think she fights anymore but so you come out of that you come out of that fight and you like yes give me more like that i i this is something i i want to do this I do. I was like so persistent um, about taking more fights. Like there wasn't fighters for me. They kept on having to pull out other Corona beer garden girls and then fight me. One of the girls that I fought in that time, like ran away from me in the cage. And there's, it's a funny video. Like she like turned her back and like ran in a circle. Um, so like, it just was a different time. There wasn't people like in large amounts of women, especially my size, like especially my size training. And, um, yeah, I, I took like a bunch of, you know, backyard brawl type fights that they, they hooked up in almost all in Gillette. 
And then I finally got an offer to fight in Denver, which would have been my first sanctioned bout. And I had to go through all these different things. I was like, oh my God, they want to take my blood test. I like couldn't believe these things because we didn't have them. And um, my coach told me that it was too advanced for me and I shouldn't do it. So I went and signed up for it without him knowing. <laughs> oh, shame, shame, shame. Yeah. That's a yes. no, no. And I, I went through like my own whole personal camp without him knowing. Cause I was like, I am good enough. I'll tell you I'm good oh, enough. Wow. And then I went down there with like a couple of my training partners. I was like, we're not going to let my coach found out. But, you know, of course he found out on the way down. I got kicked off the team kind of for that. <laughs> Um, I lost that fight in Denver versus Maureen Riordan, my first amateur loss. And um, it's a huge learning experience. And that's when I think I officially was like, oh, this is what he meant. I have to like actually do stuff. And I think that's when I really began real training and not just like a couple people telling me, yeah, you'll, you know, you're going to beat her up or, you know, just stupid yeah. advice that you get and when you're naive to something. So, so you're, yeah, one, you're one of these fighters. We talk about this a lot here that, like as we move forward, like MMA, like you're an you're trained in MMA. You came into it and you learned. You started learning everything, as opposed yeah. to somebody who's like, okay, you know, I got to my brown belt and then I decided to put the gloves on. Like you're of that that generation that the art is MMA, right? I know yeah. it's mixed martial arts, right? But the I'm an MMA fighter. Like you wouldn't necessarily say I'm I'm I you know he's a wrestler out of Connecticut, you know, yeah. like you don't hear that, right. You yeah. start, you really started learning everything at once, which is, yeah. is where I think almost all of martial arts is going to go. Right. Like uh, the kids coming up, it's not like, Oh, do yeah. you want to learn karate or do you want to learn how to do everything that you're going to need yeah. to know? You know, I guess from the inside looking out, if I ever had another kid or grandchildren, I would want them to do be in a place where they learn everything. I think we have better, like, obviously we have way more black belts and way more people that have been through the role is it, but we have like better teaching skills as like a whole in the culture and community that like really, like you don't find those same scenarios anymore. I mean, you'll still find those gyms of like lower value type standards towards what they're throwing athletes into. But I think like as a whole, you see these awesome phenom kids come up because like they have better coaches, they have better training standards. And like the standard as a whole has been raised because the sports become much more popular. You know, it's not just silly stuff like that in the country, you know? So when you're in but, there training, you, you have those first couple of fights. Do you start to train in the gi at all? Is that something that, that you did? So I went after my first fight in Denver, um, my first like real fight, um, I realized that they were outclassed to me and what I was getting. And I, packed up my bags and moved to Denver, which is like six hour drive south from Gillette. And the first time I ever put on the gi was about five months into training in Denver. I like everybody would come from gi class and then go to MMA, mm -hmm. you know, or they, they come from class. And this was like such a standard. <clears throat> and I noticed all my training partners do it. I was a little timid at first because I didn't know this. I've never worn a gi at that time. You know, I was definitely a white belt. And then my coach, I think my coach gave me the nudge and he's like, you really need, you know, a base. You don't need to just like come in there and brawl. You need a base. And so it really like, I fell in love with the gi pretty fairly fast. I can't, I couldn't recall the exact timeline, but um, yeah, it, I definitely didn't start till after my first year of amateur fighting. I really just did like the most amateur training ever until that point. And then. Moving to Denver really, really like just took me from like 
being kind of like interested to actually being like, oh, this is now a desire of mine. I actually really, really like this. And so it really like fell into something I didn't know I really loved. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you you recommend like okay now you're you're in the game you've been in the game for a while now do you recommend that gi training to people who just like listen I want to be a cage fighter I want to be in the UFC or Bellator or PFL do you recommend them that that they train in a game? I am a person that trains now only no gi, but I do really value all the time I had in the gi. I value like all the things that those a lot of those experiences gave me the skills in this point um and i it kind of like narrowed me down the path to what i need to know or excuse me what i like it narrowed my path down to like this is what i like this is what i like this is shown to me and i do recommend it because it does show a lot of the art it, it, it shows a lot of the discipline but i do think that if you're like driven to be an mma fighter or this is your main goal and you're not going to be like heavy into jiu-jitsu sports jiu-jitsu competing or all the things that come with that that you do need a direction um, for your base and whether that be gi jiu-jitsu wrestling or something like that, I think you do need to like find a focal point and work towards your goal. Um, I think I had so many, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have a lot of direction. I had to narrow it down. Um, if, if a cage fighter came up to me today, I would say definitely do a lot of no gi jiu-jitsu and, and wrestling and all that. Um, but I really value my gi time and uh, I'll never take off the gi forever. I, I will always go back to it. And I do love putting it on still. I just don't train it much now because it's not like directly what I'm after. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice is like you, I mean, you should expose yourself to all these things because you don't even know what you like until you really have some exposure to it. And I do think it brought me a lot of value um, doing all that gi. Yeah, I used to train it. I used to. I competed in the gi up until brown belt. My first year of brown belt, I did like IBJJF, and I did a lot of like local tournaments and things like that. Backsiding of my fighting, and yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about gi training. Yeah. I, I just think like, you know, you can you can build your camps however you want. I I would always tell somebody to go ahead and just try it on and just try it for a little bit. <laughs> Here, come here. Let's put this on you. It just doesn't like right now, I, me and my head coach talk about it all the time. It's like, it's like, I'm on a different directive. I hope to fight a few more times. I'm only getting a little bit older. I'm going to put most of my attention into this. And the gi will always be there to put back on when I'm ready again. So that's so, kind of so what I'm is at. that plan before you said, it's not what I'm after. You know, when you said I'm not, well, I'm not wearing the gi because it's not um, what I'm after. Where do you see yourself now as, as far as, you, you know, what's the next step in your journey? Well, I have like, um, I'm doing a couple of finishers matches. Um, I'm going for a title in March and I have a match against a brown belt, Noki, um, and under the EBI rule set here in February. Um, I want to go to ADCC trials on, on the West Coast. That's that's like where my three main goals are, those three matches leading to my ADCC, even though the rule sets are different. I'm just, you know, game planning on different opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to fight again. Um, I would love to be in the PFL bracket. I have heard nothing from them so i'm not sitting here like going on dreams but i do know i'll get another fight um uh, and that's where i really want to go i want to i think i'm a better fighter now than i ever have been um mostly because i put a direction in my path i'm not just like learning everything or like one thing i think i made a mistake on was taking I think you really need to listen to your coaches, but I take so much advice that I never decided what I wanted. And I think I just always had to hear what other people's opinions were before I said it was good enough for me to go forward. And 
so like the fighter i want to be in the next upcoming years will just a lot of like um a lot of choice in in those um i'm probably not saying that well but i want to have a lot of like direction from myself you want to have a say in what you're doing you want to have a say and um like so yeah i i definitely want to, to do a few more mma fights and um you're not under contract MMA, with pfl though right i think every I, all, the I fights you've had have all been single contract is over or it's over like officially in june um i hope that they look at me for the the bracket because i think it's the best thing for my weight class right now like 155 is is still kind of a it's here it's there it's in a couple places it's not every place it's you know kayla harrison has definitely made a more formidable reckoning like for the whole thing um along with all the other athletes but like i just think it complements my weight class the most so that's where i'd like to be um and i would like to go after a million dollars and all the other things you know <laughs> what I mean? but um i i do have options as a fighter and a woman fighter in this day and age way more options than i had 10 years ago so i'm like not unhopeful to find another fight my record doesn't help me always but i have fought all top opponents so i i'm you know i'm confident i'm gonna get another fight this year and um i'm really working towards mma and the trials um trying to be a submitter and like have game plans that are effective game plans for you know a result that is better than before so that's yeah. like i'm actually putting a lot of effort into that is there anything specifically you're working on after your last fight that you say i know i have to work on this um yeah i gotta work on well i think i i think there was a couple things that went into play with me and clarissa um i took two years off because of um, my arm break mm -hmm. um from bobby joe dazzle broke my arm in my last fight before clarissa with a and kick right you, you got I blocked the head kick and it broke my whole ulna in three places, really did a lot of damage. And then coming back from all that, it was like an eight month until um, I had like, a, a, I was medically released and then you have to build up everything else, you know, and I started back in sports jujitsu. So I did have a two month span of just doing no MMA. And then when they offered me Clarissa, I jumped right back into camp into nine weeks and tried to rebuild it. I think I fatigued um, my, my like, my confidence wasn't a hundred percent that i could mm -hmm. get through like this hard time and i just i think fatigue really was a main one she also hits like a fucking really hard and everybody <laughs> that fight, they've obviously never been hit hard enough to have to count and over and over you really uh, i think everybody had you winning the first two rounds right i really tried yeah. i think so too yeah um i wanted it um it's the first time i've like felt that desire and i haven't you know, I, I think that we all go through the emotional roller coaster of we're awesome and we're bad and like it goes like this. So I've definitely had days where I'm like, oh God, I should never do this again. But um, I, it, feeling that fight for Clarissa, I felt uh, a lot more drive and a lot more I want to be here. So that's, I've mm -hmm. been in MMA since and I've just been doing it straight. I did message like a personal message to Ray Steph. I was like, think of me. And he messaged, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I messaged Invicta and I said, if they have the weight class of, of an opponent option, I would love to be an opponent. And I do have connections that I, I do put some feelers out there right now, but I would have like a manager proposal come to one of them um, as we get more serious. Um, I guess right now my I want to do well at trials and mm -hmm. If something comes forward i'll re-net no you know re-sort the organization process of that so. how do you deal with those dips you said you know you go through those ups and downs what what has been the thing that's helped you most in those downtimes 
Um, cause I'll go, I'm like, I'm awesome. I'm killing Chocolate it. I'm doing cake. Awesome. And then like, <laughs> I'll have some really negativities. Like, remember when you lost to every single person and your record sucks and you'll go really low and you can kind of stay in this low before you go back up. I always find reading and disconnecting from like my personal, like outside world and like disconnecting into something helps me like get back on track. So I try to like get in reading and journaling, I read old journals. I have, I, I've been a journaler my whole life. So I, read some things when I first started fighting and I made that jump from Gillette to Denver. Like some of my things are like, Oh my God, who is this girl? That's so excited to learn and do all this stuff. So like I try to find myself through things like that. Um, and then I try to actually like, this is the hardest thing because I'm an emotional person. I run on my emotions. So I try to remove all that and then look at it. And as if I was giving advice to a friend, like what I would tell a friend, and not try to feel all these personal turmoils. Um, because there's, we're, as a fighter, you're being criticized a lot. You're being told what you're doing wrong a lot. You're watching video of your mistakes. You're watching your failures. And you can kind of fall into that pit um, easy. So I just really try to like take a minute and breathe. Sometimes it takes a week to get out of it. It's There's some real ruts that you run into in the sport. And getting your ass kicked in front of a bunch of people that are critical is hard. I would, I would think that I would really, really want to stay away from social media before and after a fight. I, and and oh I would God. think but whether whether you're the favorite, the underdog, and then at the after, if whether you won or lost, because even if you win, you're going to have the armchair quarterbacks that are going to just really give you yep. shit for not doing something right. Fuck I them. would think you'd want to stay away from it completely around the time of a fight. Fuck those guys, man. <laughs> it definitely, it definitely like I, I ate a lot of criticism, um, really evil things. You know, this was the first time um, when I fought Clarissa, I had like, I, I assumed because the betting was large on us and people probably lost money when I started looking like I was going to win. I got some really, really horrible hate mail, like go kill yourself hate mail. And you know, like, I'd never, that never was like a, a problem. I was not like ready to do that to myself or anything like that. But I think like hearing that constantly, it's like, God, I Got a Ken, Ken you know, Peters you then. can do that to yourself. So I tried to um, steer away from it. I went, you know, not too long ago, I went right back down in that fault line of like, God, I'm terrible because I'm um, a lot of the times in my training circuits, um, at least once a week, I go with the bigger men because of my body size don't always have training partners in my thing so like these big dudes will just fuck me up and i'll kind of be like you know what i suck and i shouldn't be fighting and like i can stay there again so i just um just like there's a lot of self-work in i think all martial arts but yeah. definitely when you're taking some brutality to yourself and um yeah i i social media can be damning it can be damning and then if like pfl shares a clip of me getting my ass kicked you, you just like i try to like <laughs> skim past that like, oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> you got to take the rogan approach post and ghost if you're going to be if you're going to be in the public eye and be on social media especially with what you're doing where everybody's got an opinion you've got to not yeah. you could post and you could look at stuff but you just can't read the comments you have yeah, to stay out of the are, comment section they can be bad yeah. so and then like one of my i think some things I found out along the way is I have like, you, you grow these special bonds with people over the time you're on the mat. 
And somebody very, very close to me was like advertising betting against me because I was such a loser. Like finding out these things, somebody that's like, I thought was a very personal friend was like in a group of my friends, like rooting for me to lose in the second <laughs> round so they can win. And like, Jerk. when you hear those things too, like, and then like I straight up asked him, I was like, did you bet against me? And the, like coming to into those things, it really, it's just like any it's not just like anything it's like a really connective thing to like your person so um yeah i mean you there's there's a lot to navigate um if you're exposing yourself to these kind of things and i'm still learning um i feel like such a white belt in learning my emotional control sometimes (laughs) it's definitely a process and i feel strong today um i i'm you know i broke my nose a couple weeks ago um on not fighting um But I, I feel strong mentally, and so I'm going to try to stay on this plane. I can't promise it's forever. I hope it just grows in the ups. But, you know, we go through a lot of things and how did you break career. Your, how did you break your nose? This is the most embarrassing <laughs> I know. story ever. I, I had two beers, and I... I, I was, was, I was going to say something. Was it, was it in a beer garden? Was it beer <laughs> garden related? No, it was inside. I was at the famous Patties in Philadelphia. And it was fucking freezing. It was like 11 degrees or something with the wind up really high. And we were running to our ride and I put my hands in my coat pocket and I just went full sprint to the car that we were getting into. And I face planted the concrete. And I mean, my hands were in my pocket. I, Oh, so you couldn't like brace yourself. I can't believe that I have teeth. Like, and it was split wide open. And then I don't know if you know who Missy Estrada is. But um, she used to be one of the owners of Fight to Win Promotions. But okay. um, I think she, I know. What, I think like, I know. Was she the Was she the woman that roommate. used to put the belt on everybody at the end of the yes, fight? Yes. Okay, she's so not. She's, she's not involved anymore. She's not involved in the organization she's not, anymore. She's not. She does a lot of involvement in the community, but she's not in like initial involvement she, with Fight to Win. Is she? I love tortillas. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Okay, I know yeah, who she is. Yeah. So <laughs> especially <my> recently, <laughs> <laughs> she's my roommate now. And um, really, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, in Philly, but I have this huge, huge cut on my nose. It's like three days before Christmas. I'm talking like it was a gash. I should have went to the doctor. And I called her and I was like, "Hey, I don't really want to spend twelve hundred bucks at the doctor. You think we could super glue this?" And she's like, "Yeah, come home." And we instigated iodine and super glue, and she. She did this. She put it back together. It was a wide, wide open gash. I have some things oh, on my wow. social media, but she glued me back up. And, and your nose is, your nose is broken. And oh yeah, it's broken. I mean, like I've been in enough life experiences to know that that is. It's definitely crooked, which you might not see from the thing, but um, the sensitivity is so bad. And then I like thought I could spar, and I took a punch to the face, and I saw straight white lights um yeah. so, oh. uh, this is this was a pretty serious injury but yeah missy missy saved the day she put on johnny cash hurt and we were <laughs> listening to that and i think it cost 18 bucks to instacart iodine and super glue and that's what we did that's how we so, fixed it i it, it, we don't ha- i don't want to go down this rabbit hole but i i i always i knew of her and saw her you know on the fight to wins and then when the whole fight sports thing wow. broke out yeah. And she became very boisterous, and uh, yeah, I reposted some of her stuff, and I shared her stuff. This she story. definitely I, depends. I, she she works out of her heart, you know. She's yeah. like, and then she actually being in the position of a promoter, um, she was she had access to a lot of these people in first first platform exchanges, and she had a lot of knowledge. And then people confided in her some of their stories, and 
Mm-hmm. She definitely knows more about all the situations than I. I was always like, I I don't know all those people, and I don't know all those things, so I yeah. I didn't have the same information. But yeah, she was a she was she's a speaker for people who can't. Yeah. So, so I, does- I I trained at a fight sports in South Florida, not the main location. So I didn't train with Cyborg or any of those guys. Yeah. I had just interviewed Wagner, and then like all uh-huh. this stuff came. I, Wagner and his wife were here in the studio, uh-huh. okay. uh, and uh, and then like. A week later, everything started to come out, you know, and uh, and then myself and my co-host, he was training at Wagner's. My co-host tr- just started training at Wagner's, and then okay. I left. I we both came out and said we were going to leave fight sports. Luckily, my gym walked away completely, reopened under another, you know, just changed the affiliation, yeah. and yeah. he went to Gracie Weston down here, Gracie Henzo Gracie Weston. Uh, so, but anyway, during that time. I mean, I, I saw a lot of what she was putting out there and good for her. Good for her. You know, yeah. I, I have daughters. She's I have two daughters. So she's done a lot of positives for people and a lot of the women, she, she talks to them a lot. So she's, yeah. she's a positive community person for sure. And I, I, you know, we, I, I've got to be honest. We haven't had a lot of women on the show, but you know, had Kendall Roosing on the show, um, awesome. had Elizabeth Clay and, also and awesome. I do, you know, I, I do want to get the perspective of number one, has anything changed as it relates to kind of those things that are happening in gyms? I mean, again, I don't know how much, you know, and, you know, knowing Missy, are those stories still as prevalent as they were before this latest coming out of information? I don't think you'll ever eliminate all the bad, you know, there's always going to be these people that test boundaries. Um, I do think it raised a lot of awareness that these are real things that we overlook. I mean, even down to myself, I've seen precarious things and in my stages of my stuff, I just kind of turned a blind eye and left, you know, I'm not saying I watched any girls get hurt or anything like that. And I never, I, I've never had, unfortunately, nobody's done these things to me or try. So I, I don't have a personal story or experience on, reflection and that gyms have always been good to me and i've always thankfully been around the right instructors or whoever's right and wrong i you know i'm not going to argue that um i do think that people are a lot more cautious to dare to try these things um and they know like i think they're at least i mean it's terrible (laughs) that it even has to be talked about like it's some kind of we have to learn together thing but um I haven't heard as much. Um, yeah. I definitely think it was pro- appropriate to shine light on this. And it it is something that happens, though, in all sports. And I wish, you know, I wouldn't I don't wish it upon anybody, you know. Yeah. So if we if it helps anybody to shine light on somebody's the girl that brought it to everybody's attention is incredibly brave to do so because you don't always get that that kind of positive response back you get i know somebody in the denver community that got a lot of negative response and still gets like toll taunted in the community like she just makes up stuff and you know you never want to see these things i don't it's such a terrible terrible topic um Mm -hmm. that if you don't shine light on it it's terrible and if you do shine light on it we all know the terrible and i I believe that it's better to know about it than to just pretend it's not existent. So I, I'm, I feel for everybody affected. I had a lot of friends that went to fight sports school. Um, I would, I would even say like me and Maggie were pretty close through a lot of the competitive career. I've gone against her a lot of times. Cyborgs opened up his gym to me. I never knew anything personal, but I didn't know the stories that were in the background. So who's to say that I don't, I definitely don't know everything. And, um, it was, it's just really, 
I hope it just continues to get better for everybody yeah. and less stories, I guess. Okay. But. Let's take a quick break. We're going to shout out our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. Thank you to DD214 Fightwear at DD214 underscore Fightwear. Gear for patriotic rollers. Get 15% off your online order at DD214BJJ.com with code JJJ. Huge shout out to the to the crew over at DD214, and thank you very much for the giveaway you did. We gave away uh, about 16 tees and hoodies right before the holidays or, or right before the new year. So thank you for doing that with us, guys. Also, thank you to Feito IT and AV. I got their shirt on today. Got me, Bo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they specialize in commercial and residential automation, so security cameras, CCTV. They put in the security uh, system at my house. I love it. They're coming back to add on some of the little bells and whistles that I wanted to do. So check them out at Feito, F E I T O I T A V dot com. So it's Feito I T A V dot com, and let them know the dummy sent you. Uh, big shout out to the Troop Welfare Welfare Foundation. They are a veteran nonprofit dedicated to helping veterans find outlets to cope with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues through martial arts, physical training, recreational activities. You know, it, we know, we talk about it a lot. We know how therapeutic this is for us. Could you imagine somebody who's got PTSD or is really dealing with some traumatic events in their life? So check them out on Instagram at Troop Welfare Foundation and troopwelfarefoundation.org. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you're watching or listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell to get notifications each time we launch a new video. All right? Special thanks to Fight Back CBD for their support. Head over to their website, fightbackcbd.com, and check out their growing line of CBD products. Find the best solution for your CBD needs and use code JJD to get 20% off your purchase. Stay in touch with them on Instagram at FightBackCBD and tell them the dummies sent you. Special thanks to our newest sponsor, George Hernandez Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida? Water, flood, fire, mold, storms, smoke, hurricane and wind, lightning, business interruption, theft and vandalism, sinkholes. Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today. Let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. That's it, everybody. Let's get back to the show. Um, so we were talking about Missy and we're talking about fight to win. Did you meet her at fight to win? Cause I know you were like, uh, I, you've called yourself a, like a, a jujitsu carny, right? Um, yes. T- tell us about your experience with fight to win and, and, and your travels. Cause you were with them for quite some time. I was with them for over five years. Um, I just left after the show in Dallas, um, due to a lot of it was, I get depressed on the road a lot. Um, I've been going they go something like 46 to 48 weekends a year um and i was doing that straight for over five years i met missy i started on show 15 um and missy was my boss and became best friend we roomed together every weekend and we kind of just lived that you know jujitsu carny lifestyle um my son would go on tours with us in the summer um, he lives with his dad in the school year, so we had him along, and we all became a like a family. You know, Seth, me, Missy, the old school guys aren't around anymore. There's a new group. They call themselves the Carlitos, and 
it's an amazing experience. You know, um, I found myself opening doors to every single school in the country just because I was on the crew and it really, um, I wouldn't know half the people that I consider to be my very good friends if it weren't for Fight to Win. Um, they did a lot for me and Seth is still doing a lot. He has a lot more competitors before we were one of the only ones that did. Sorry, the gym guys are showing up. I think it's a little loud. I, I just, yeah, I heard, I, I, I it heard it in the background a little bit. It's okay. I'm we got you. But, um, you know, like fight to win was definitely, definitely, I feel was one of the pioneers in developing like continuous events, um, showcasing the community and then really, they got you like captivated it's like oh i remember him he was from dallas now he's fighting in florida and they, they were going everywhere i think it really gave us some highlight to and i i do believe it's what got me into bellator i was i mean i was competing every weekend on fight to win i'm something like 21 and 9 on fight to win and then subversive on backhand and then you know it just kept on opening doors for me so um i i love it i love it i am i am going to be i'm 35 i'm going to be 36 this year and i had to make a decision i got to start building things at home you know um i and my career is not as wide open as it could have been you know 10 years ago and so i i really had to say but now i feel depressed when i am on the road not because of fight to win but because i'm leaving goals behind these are my goals now and I can only work three days a week on those goals. I feel like I'm just abandoning my goals and I'm dealing with a lot of that. So I, I had, I called Seth and I said that I need to remove myself and he was awesome about it. And he's like, you always have a place here if you ever need to come home. And they're still doing, they're going to Atlanta, Oklahoma city, Tulsa. And I just, I removed myself from the Miami show. I didn't make, and I was supposed to, but I just needed to focus on me. So when you were out there, what did you, uh, you did go to gyms, but like, did you get to train as much as you would as if you like, at, like when you were at home? I think it wasn't like, yeah. we got to train, we'd show up. There's always an open mat on Sunday at some gym. We did a lot of those, um, but it wasn't like goal oriented training. Like here today, we were like, let's work on the front headlock. What do you do from the front headlock? What are your three go-tos ABC from the front headlock? And like, I just feel like when I'm in my school, I, I can bring, I can train with anybody. I can train with a white belt to black belt, but I'm staying on my directive mission to make myself better instead of just going and showing up randomly and being like, let's roll at an open mat. You know, those both things can make you good. But now when I'm trying to, to be a better game planner, a better, um, better athlete in general, and just all things, I feel like I just am on a more um, scored mission in that setting you know, than just being all over the place. Yeah. Do you, I think are, they both have been. are you, co are you coaching at the gym that you're at or do you want to I'm open like a gym? You know? what, what's that? <laughs> I'm the worst coach ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I think I help a lot of people and I think I have advice and I have a lot of knowledge, but, um, coaching i'm not i'm bartending and then showing up to practice um i i bartend and serve during the day uh at an old city in philadelphia and like the right next to the ben franklin grave and the liberty bell and all that stuff i'm down there cool. and uh so in, i'm in like a tourist area in philadelphia and then i drive to bethlehem and i train at 10th planet finishers and um uh yeah i'm not coaching i'm just trying to be the best Brittany, and i'm trying to be uh you know, good to my, my training partners. I have, there's a lot of people just coming up in this gym and I feel like they offer me a lot and I can offer them a lot. So like, if that's coaching, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. 
So you, we talked about it before. I don't know if we talked about it on there. I think I asked you right before we came on. You had a fight to win belt at, at Brown Belt, and you had, had you had to give it now. up. Okay. Uh, I I had I won one, lost it to Vanessa Griffin in the gi. Won the one seventy welterweight. Won it again, both against the same opponent because one was in Denver versus Tara White. And they said I won on a hometown advantage. Then we went to her hometown, which was LA. I won it again. And then Maggie Grandotti beat me in, this was all at Brown Belt Welterweight. Um, Maggie Grandotti beat me in Miami, took the belt away. Then me and Stephanie Kopatz went against it. I think that was at 65 or 60. I can't remember. And so Stephanie had the belt there. I lost it, but that was basically a back and forth scramble. She got a longer toehold than my toehold, you know, like a really close match. She's awesome. And then they put me up for the title match in Denver in the welterweight again because it was vacated. And so I won it and lost it in the same night because I got my black belt right after I won it. So it uh, goes back to vacated. So I I'm I haven't competed as black belt yet. I I am going for a finisher's title um next month. Okay. You talked so. about a few different organizations earlier. You said IBJJF, you said ADC. What do you have a favorite rule set? Do you feel like your jujitsu shines in one more than, than another? I definitely am used to fight twin rules. I definitely have competed amongst them the most, like submission only or like slams, um, all, you know, any leg attacks, anything goes. I'm, I'm, I'm fluent in that, and I feel I do best because of most time um, dealing with it. I would like to get better at the EBI rule set. I've entered in quite a few of them because there's a lot of things that I'm not um, entering just because I'm not training that way. Yeah. And so I want to open up my game a little bit. I want to open up my um, options and like where I'm getting booked and what I can enter in by being better at it. So I'm doing a bunch of those. And then um, ADCC is, is something I'm still learning. This is the first year I've tried. I tried the East coast trials. Um, Kendall wiped me out. Uh, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. um, it's the third time Kendall's beat me in very important matches. Kendall's oh, wow. incredible. And then, I'm trying it, you know, at West Coast, and I I don't know if I play one better or worse. I'm just way more fluid in the like sub only matches um, without the EBI setting because I just have done them much more. But okay. I don't know. I'm I'm not in preference to any. I just like the fight. <laughs> okay, we had a. You saw that I posted. Uh, for, normally we get to post a little bit more. We were a little bit behind on confirming with you, and then normally we put out like our first request on a Monday. But we did get one from. Uh, from JM Flex JJ on Instagram said, "What are your overall goals for for 2022?" And we did speak about that a, a little bit, but a little bit more specifically, if you could fast forward to the end of 2022, what would you think you'd be able to say about about that journey? Like, you know, I won the ADCC. I, you know, wh what do you think you're going to look back on, and and, and you know. And where you I definitely be. think I'm going to do well at ADCC. I want to place in the top three. Um, I would love to place number one. I'm going to put myself to the standard in the top three. Um, and then I I want to win an MMA fight this year, and if not, have potential for starting my second one by the end of year. Um, uh, I I really want to, you know, my goals are I. My goals are to just um, become better through the process. Um, I want to be one of the people that are like, oh, damn, Brittany Elkins here today. Like, we're going to train hard. I want to set a standard for larger girls saying, you have so many options. Like, we've been in this forever. We built this together. And um, 
I just, I like to be a pioneer, so I want to try new things. Um, but mostly my main goals are doing well in MMA, uh, taking another fight, um, finishing a fight to win and, um, improving overall. Uh, I would, I want to do more jujitsu and, you know, just get more subs. Um, I don't want to scramble forever. I want to have like stoppable or I want to stop the matches. Um, due to me subbing them so those are my my goals is to be a submachine i'm going to be yeah. a submachine <laughs> and, and what do you see yourself uh, on the other side of this uh, you know i know for me i can't i couldn't see my life without jujitsu i i feel like i'm going to be you know a 70 year old guy still you know putting on my belt yeah. hopefully i'll have my black belt by then uh, uh, you know putting on my belt and, and still going into the gym even if it's to train or to coach and maybe i'm not rolling so hard do you feel like that's going to be the same for you? Do you feel like there is a career inside of MMA and jiu-jitsu for you, whether it's on the mat or behind the scenes? Absolutely. I, I'm going to be one of those people that will always be in the gym. It is a lifestyle for me. Um, I do feel incomplete when I'm not doing what I love. I feel like like whether I'm having a bad day, good day, in this emotional rut, uh, the thing that levels that out is jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, more so than just private workouts or, or just being in shape. I feel like getting that exertion out and overcoming an obstacle, like a big guy smashing you out and having the answer to this. And, um, I will always be on the mat. Uh, yeah. I will always be trying to inspire also like anybody that wants to try to please go do it. And, um, I always try to give good advice to the next generation um and be on the lookout for the up-and-comers it's like we have to watch out for these kids coming <laughs> up and gotta make sure they're not throwing themselves in an mma fight after three months even though i did it <laughs> don't you do know, that. just things just things like that um i just want to be a good role model to the next generation and i think that i'm on my way to doing that so i heard you talk a little bit i, I listened to a podcast and uh, you talked a little bit about helping fighters like find sponsors and and yeah again, kind of uh, behind the scenes stuff is that still something that you're looking to do i i did i think that comes natural to me i think people are like they're drawn to like help me and i'm like you know what actually helps if we do this as a whole i can get like five people behind us and then as i'm doing it for myself i like to teach them because a lot of them a lot of the younger generation like they're just waiting there for somebody to offer it to them. Yeah. And it's like, you have to go out there and get it. And yet they, it's kind of like a, if I was a coach, I could coach people into helping to like, this is where you got to go. This is what you got to do. You, you do have to market yourself a lot in the amateur in the amateur stuff until you do have a name for yourself. And yeah, I think I'm good at that. I think I definitely am a person to at least give a direction to like the next people that want that. So yeah, when, we, when we spoke to Kendall, she, she talked about, she says, I sent out, and she and she's at a Gracie Baja too, so she can't just wear any gi, but she talked about sending out like 30 messages to 30 different gi companies, and she's like, nobody got back to me. And yeah. then she said like three months later, she got a random uh, reply from, I, I don't know the, the sponsor, but she still has them to this day. And she's like, I yeah. can't even wear their gi in my gym, and they still sponsored me because I can wear it on the mat. But I, you know, yeah. at Gracie Baja, you have to wear their gear. So she talked about that. Like, and as a as a podcast, we're always, you know, we're we're always talking to sponsors and bringing people in. And I agree. Yes, it's very difficult because, yeah, the first four emails or messages are going to get ignored if you don't have yeah. that stick to itiveness. You know, you got to keep on going, and um, you can't feel that that just because you don't hear back. Don't take that as a rejection or like nobody's going to ever sponsor me. You really have to go after it. And she's really good about that. She's really like she is. the business she's side of jujitsu. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's awesome at that. We talked a lot about that. Actually, that podcast turned into like us talking about the business of jujitsu and how yeah. she's navigated it. You know, from 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 her chair. You know, growing up in in a Gracie Baja, being a wrestler, and then yeah. now competing. So, I think you definitely have to have that. Um, I think one of the best advice things is like I, I remember getting a lower brand or n- like a non known brand at the time, and I was kind of like, I don't want to. I'm not going to say the brand because I was kind of like sort of embarrassed that it wasn't good enough of a brand mm-hmm. to represent. And then one of my coaches was like, you're going to grow with this brand. This brand's going to grow with you. And, and it ended up being really awesome. Um, I'm only not with them now anymore because they had personal things and they had to close down, but they did grow a lot with me as I was growing and I repped them and they helped me get through some, I mean, even that 300 bucks when you're going, I know that sounds so little, but it enters you in these registrations for these little things um you know so like yeah like these people you they're they're giving you offerings but you also bring a lot back to them you're bringing them exposure to them and stuff and learning that skill is definitely a skill um uh yeah and and fighters have to realize that they have to give something back they have to bring something to the table you You can't just expect Um, it doesn't end when you get the package and you do an unboxing you know you do an unboxing video you have to what are you going to give them back you know what kind of commitment are you going to make to do you know, social media videos, pictures, you know, include them in tutorial videos. Like what are you really bringing to the table? And as somebody on both sides of that, because I've had a t-shirt company before and I've had businesses where people have come to us and said, Hey, I want a sponsor. And it's like no following on social media. They just want the gear. And sometimes when it little kids, I almost always send it to them. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, you know, take, here you go. Here's a shirt. Uh, But when people, you know, Hey, I'm looking for a sponsorship. I'm going to this event and I need them. it's probably not the right time when you're just going to the event. Now you're just looking for somebody to, to pay for it. You have, okay, what are you bringing to the table? So when you write that message and you're looking for a sponsor, you better include, Hey, I, this is my record. This is what I'm looking to do this year. I'm going to be in this many competitions. I typically podium. Here's some pictures. I'm in the top three all the time. Like you got to really bring something to the table. And I think that's what a lot of these young guys are, are lacking. And you said this before, a lot of times they're just waiting. They think yeah. that they're going to, okay, I won where are the messages from all the sponsors, you know, where are my messages yeah. of people that want That's to give exactly me money? What, and they, it's like almost like the, the way the platform is now is like, they think they're going to go win a local tournament and all of a sudden, you know, they're going to get like three Nogi rash guard sponsors. It's like, it doesn't yeah. really work that way. There's a lot of cold calling. There's a lot of like spending time, like, Hey, I'm Brittany, blah, blah, blah. There's an like after gym over gym. You meet these people. It's not always what you know, it's who you know, and they, you have to bring that together and find your way to market yourself through it. I mean, it is a, it is a skill I'm never not learning, but um, I think I've done better at it, especially with my experience in so many fights and, and trying to develop these as continued sponsors, because it is hard to have them. I mean, it's hard to get these for long term. So um, if you're not one of the top in like the UFC or the PFL or like something like that, it's, it's so, yeah, I think you, you said it best, mm-hmm. like right there so so we've got a little speed round these are about five or six questions that we ask almost every guest and there's usually some variations based on the guests a little bit unless they but, can uh, beat us up yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go through this this speed round you can elaborate if you want uh but okay. uh, i'm gonna hit you with these questions and then uh we'll, we'll see where this goes okay so uh even though you kind of said before you're training uh you're in the in no gi most of the time now because of your path right now but what's your preference gi or no gi. No if you gi. weren't competing, be no gi still. No gi. No gi. Yeah. Takedown or pull guard. 
Me too. Okay. Favorite competitor to watch? MMA or, or Jiu-Jitsu, either side, or one from both. God, that's so hard. <laughs> it's like 3,000 coming to mind, especially being on the fight to win circuit. Um, God, I love watching Valentina fight. Um, so in MMA, Shevchenko? I say that. Yeah, I do. Um, and th there's just so many Jiu-Jitsu people that I Oh, Colabate is going to be amazing. I love watching. I've seen him since he was like a little kid. Yeah. I mean, because he was a fight to win when he was this little. So, like, I'm, I'm just fascinated now. Um, you, think, so you, think he, you think he takes, takes it all at ADCC? I really do. We've been I talking so. about him on fight to win since he was like this little orange belt. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's just he is so. a, He's a freaking badass. I, I'm pretty, I've been paying attention to him this year. So. Yeah. Um. I had a follow-up question on that. We went another direction. I was going to say something oh, else there. Well, I'll, I'll remember it. So, oh, oh. So when I, I usually ask this right around the time that I ask this question. So I actually, your favorite competitor, but are you, I call it a consumer of jujitsu and MMA? Like you're doing it. Do you watch a lot of MMA? Do you watch a lot of UFC? Are you watching so the, the fight to wins on Friday nights? Are you that person? Are you that, that, that girl? So so this is I get picked on a lot by my boyfriend actually. Um I never watch any fights. Unless it's like, unless it's like my friends personally fighting. I used to be a huge, huge, huge fan, but I feel like my life has taken over. I'm always in the gym training or working and then my little private time I have, I don't go and I don't have I have internet but I don't have a TV and I just don't spend the money. Yeah. Truly. But I am a fan of bold, beautiful fights and I, I do watch the I watch them always after. Yeah, I'm so I'm so cheesy, but no, I'm not like a, a super knowledgeable fan. On like, I know what happened in this fight, and I saw it all. It's hard. Um, There's so much. It, it's the PFL, Bellator, UFC. Fight to win every week. You know, it's like yeah. this. It blows my mind. And like from from a podcasting standpoint, I try to stay on top of it, especially if I'm going to have somebody who competes. But it, yeah. you can't possibly watch it all. I do Some love the, find a way yeah. to, to be able to comment on every fighter. No, I'm like sometimes they bring up a fighter that's super famous, and I'm like, who? I I really feel like I've developed a lot of personal relationships with a lot of like a lot of very good fighters a lot of them are in the ufc bellator all these all these names i could name off that are famous people that you would know and i pay attention to their fights um but no i'm yeah. probably the worst <laughs> i had uh, we had three three uh two kids and an adult on the last fight to win uh last week so i watched mm -hmm. the i watched those my wife was just patiently waiting for me to hand her the remote but i watched those three and then i pretty much like fell asleep after yeah. the adult it's <laughs> like it's, it's so much it, there's so much jujitsu like you, you can't watch it all what i have to say about that though is like we have to give ourselves a clap that there's so much you can't watch it all when before it was like you watched everything and you couldn't find any more yeah. you know what i mean like so in 10 years it's really the 10-year challenge of jujitsu has really yeah. changed i mean i've been but, doing yeah. this i've been doing this for eight years now training jujitsu and I've just seen that kind of change. Like you can actually make money and make a living at this mm -hmm. now, even just like for the jujitsu side, being a competitor. And if, if you want to travel and you really want to make it, you can make a living at training. If you get sponsors, if you go to a lot of events, you know, seminars. maybe you're coaching, you do yeah. your seminars. Like there, yeah, there's, there's money in it now where I, I remember in the beginning, I mean, it was just like, it, it just wasn't like this. It's just way easier. Oh, we, there's just like more interest, like overall interest in it. So it's like, 
you have more students coming in, you need these people that have been in there more to be a productive leader to these students. So you, you, there's a, there's a value in your knowledge now where Mm -hmm. before it was like, I think like in the old days, like a lot of people, this was curious still. It was like, is this the eighties karate? Is it the karate kid and all this stuff? And they Mm -hmm. didn't know what jujitsu really was as a whole, where now it's like a pretty easy conversation to have with even, somebody who's not in it so it's like definitely it's a better experience for all i think gotcha gotcha let's move on to the next question so um what's the i'm going to ask this very specifically i usually say what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on the mats but what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you while you were traveling with fight to win oh my god (laughs) so many things um i almost got us arrested um in jersey i i was we were all okay so nobody everybody on the fight to win, not everybody most people on the fight to win crew smoke weed and like it was freezing in jersey the jersey devil was out and we all went and smoked in the fight to win truck and i'm probably the worst driver ever and like they were like cop 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 i don't know if this was the most craziest it's just something that really stands out and i was driving like a whole crew of athletes was with us some i think a couple famous people were in the car and the cops sirens went on at this hot box and i don't know why but i pulled up on the curb and like went into a denny's parking lot over the curb i i got us off we didn't all get in trouble he was just like oh so many crazy things it's hard to even you did get pulled over the cop still stopped you he followed you in at the door he's like what were you doing and i was like nothing nothing (laughs) i think we had like nine people in the car too so it was like kind of crazy um but that's a terrible story i was driving last month no i love it that's that's (laughs) perfect but behind the camera loves that story (laughs) (laughs) i mean everything on fight to win is is pretty crazy every weekend you know you got these five people that look like they came from some punk band show up (laughs) <laughs> start doing crazy things in the venue um i don't have an uncrazy moment and i wish i had a little more time to give you a better story no worries <laughs> that's cool i like that i like that you smoked weed and almost <laughs> ran your Wild. van into a denny's <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was it always good. it always ends at a denny's <laughs> yeah right yeah, there are just too many of them <laughs> i have two more questions for you so the first one is going to be if you could go back in time and talk to yourself before the very first time you stepped onto the mats before you took that fight, that first fight, what would you tell yourself? It's all going to be okay. You know, you're going to be fine. You like, I think every single fight you put on so much pressure to perform well. And it's really like what built this to this pinnacle moment was all the stuff that made you grow in so many ways. You know, you had to reach into new, um, new experiences to grow. I didn't know that in the beginning, I used to put so much on just the fight and i just think i would just tell myself everything's going to be okay tomorrow it's all going to be okay you can get through this and yeah. I, I i that might sound like a really cheesy line but it is like very a lot of truth in that it's, no I, I i in my world and I, i'm like i'm a in my day job in my regular life i'm like a, a marketing guy I, I handle marketing for other people for other companies i just recently reopened my own marketing company and i always tell people just one foot in front of the other people are so impatient and want things right now just, just one foot in front of the other you're going to get through this tomorrow's going to come whether you do anything about this and you're, you're, you're going to get through this it's not the end of the world this issue this problem you you know whether you decide to handle it right now or not, 
you're going to wake up in the morning and that problem's either going to be solved because you did the right thing or you're going to have to deal with it at some point. So, uh, so okay, last question. This is the biggest, the, the big one. This is the one that we tell everybody this is the most important question that you are ever going to answer in your jiu-jitsu okay. journey. Okay. Do you or do you not wash your jiu-jitsu belt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Every time. I actually have, well, now with my black belt, I only have one. But I have a, a belt for every gi, and I, I hang them together, and I throw them in the laundry together. And I just think it's a silly mm -hmm. thing to not. It's it's like there's science, you know? Yeah. There's real science. Good. We there's have we have team washer belt, and we have team – we do hashtag team washer belt and hashtag the powers in the belt. And half of I, us wash it, and the other half are stinky bastards. <laughs> I, I know, and I, I get, like, the old martial artist status, like, don't wash your belt, but I do believe in washing your belt, and it's just disgusting if you never washed your socks, you know, if you never wash it, all that juice is on there from so many other juicy people, yeah, and right. I mean, <laughs> not, I don't need to, it doesn't need to contain all the juice. It yeah, right, the, all the sweat and the, 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 the blood of your competitors, I, I don't believe in all that. All right, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, like thank I said, you. stick around for a second, but I, I want to give you the floor. Do you have any sponsors currently that you'd like to shout out or anybody you'd like to say hello to? Right now, I'd really like to thank, you know, 10th Line of Bethlehem and uh, Finishers MMA um, in Pennsylvania. They're, they're just helping me so much grow as a better practitioner. And um, I'm training at Logic and Statewide Muay Thai in Philadelphia. Uh, Logic Jiu-Jitsu is under Christian Woodmancy, and he's giving me another look, a different different opponent. And then um, Justin Grekrovich. I can never say his name right, but the Purple People Eater, he's a Muay Thai fighter. He has so many fights. Um, uh, he is giving me another look at, in my striking. So, like, all these people are opening new doors and new windows of thought to me, and that's really it. I don't have a sponsor right now, so all these marketing things we talk about. Okay. Um, you know, I'm looking for sponsors always, um, but I kind of fell off after the Clarissa fight, and I, I stopped doing my due diligence on keeping that. So anybody interested? Other yeah, than yeah. that, I I always like to give a shout out to my family, um, my mom and my son and my sisters and my dad. They've all been really close to me through this whole journey, and they went from not believing into me to saying that I'm the best. So there's, there's a lot of loyalty in that, and um, yeah, Very my cool. coaches. So. That's it. Right. Just awesome. Awesome. All right. So again, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll, we'll get this out next week. We'll, we'll tag you when we put the episode out and we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah. Have a good day. All right. Very cool. Thank you, Brittany. Appreciate you coming on. What do you think, Bo? Very Tough. cool. Yeah. It should beat the fucking snot out of me, man. <laughs> you were saying before, what are you, how, how tall are you? I'm I'm five ten. She's five eleven, and she's fighting in a one fifty five. I think she walks around at like in one seventies. Dude, I'm one seventy two. She would literally like flick me like crumbs yeah. off a table. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I like your Probably. confidence with yeah. that. No. Yeah, I have definitely. zero confidence in you. Yeah. Up against her. I put all my money on Brittany. Hands, hands, man. I'm hands. <laughs> Let's do a little housekeeping, everybody. Shout out to our Patreon podcast patrons, including gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie Winterhaven in Winterhaven, Florida. Check them out at cgwinterhaven.com or on Instagram at Carlson Gracie underscore Winterhaven. Carlson Gracie Broward County in North Lauderdale. Shout out to Big J and his crew. Carlson Gracie Broward County .com or on IG at Carlson Gracie Broward County. 
John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida, johnwaymartialarts.com and at John Way Martial Arts. Black Our individual <laughs> podcast patrons include Jebediah Barra, Robert Walker, Frank House, Boa Athletics. Check them out on IG at BOA underscore athletics. Jason Smiley, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddor, and Roberto Santiago. If you'd like to support the show, visit us uh, at patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you're automatically entered to win up to $100 in jujitsu swag every single month. We also include, if you uh, send us a question that we use on the show, uh, you're also included automatically in that drawing as well. Like, does okay? Milton wear a cup during the show? <laughs> <laughs> during the show? <laughs> no. Need protective. Uh, check us out. At Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on IG for all the ways to watch, listen, and support the show. You can donate to our scholarship program there. Uh, we'll, we'll donate a, a we'll, we award one-year scholarships to veterans, first responders, or just amazing kids, people doing cool things in their community. Um, don't forget, check out the GoFundMe for John Carlos, a friend of mine, a train old training partner who's battling cancer. If you guys could uh, help us out, donate anything, uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you donate $100 or more, send me a copy of your receipt, reach out. I'm going to send you a podcast mug. All right. Shout out to Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. You got anything else, Bo? What the hell are you drinking over there, man? Uh, this is our Raise Energy. This one is guava mango. This is freaking delicious. Table. It's the table. Yes, yeah. So uh, we are attempting to do a little something with Raise Energy. Uh, they're looking for uh, people to help them promote them on on TikTok specifically. So we've been including them on the on the set. Uh, we've been doing a so, couple of videos. You could check us out uh, on our TikTok at Jujitsu Dummies Podcast. Totally written out, right? Everything. IG is Jujitsu Dummies. TikTok is Jujitsu Dummies Podcast. And uh, yeah, we've been taking this content and uh, and doing some, putting out some cool videos. And so hopefully I, they'll uh, they'll do a little something to support the show. They sponsor my OnlyFans page? No, <laughs> not at all. I don't even think I would. I wouldn't sponsor. Them. I will not be a member. But it, look, it. How is it? Is it good? It. It. So far, I've. This is my second. I've been saving them to drink them on the show. The ones that we bought. So I very specifically drank them on the show. Guzzling. They did send us a whole bunch of like uh, pre workouts, and so I've I've been using them, adding them to my water for the gym. They've been did amazing. You, so like these little packets, I've been using. Do you know them. if Miguel, while he's had COVID, has made the pancakes? He made. Either? I have the pancakes. I have the pancake mix. He took the cupcake mix, uh, and he did make them. But I didn't get any feedback from him because then he got sick and yeah. he got COVID. But this is my very. This is my second raise energy drink, and it is really, really good. This is pretty much empty. Um, they're freaking delicious. Oh, you're they, actually drinking them. I'm actually you're not drinking them. them. No. I thought you were faking an I, no, empty no, can, I'm bro. I'm actually drinking them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually drinking them. There's still yeah. a little in there. Um, I've had, you know, you had like got Red Bulls and Monsters and things like that. I've never really drank an energy drink that had like these kind of like fruity flavors. Really? Like yeah, it's all I, been just those that's monster. That's what I don't and, you know, like just, about energy drinks. They all taste like I, Red Bull. It's like I can't remember yeah. having an energy drink that was like a fruit flavored. It tastes version. like when you stick your finger in the outlet <laughs> and you get that metallic no, this, flavor in your mouth. It that's, tastes like a juice. It tastes like a juice. That and, actually um, is a beverage. You know that I usually show up at the studio and have a coffee. Yeah. 
I always have a coffee. Yeah, the last two, I've just too. had this, and I I wow. feel great. And I and I know too when I drove home last time, I was just like yeah, I was wide awake. Miles an hour. Home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are working. <laughs> well, anyway, you know we're we're trying to show them, uh, you know, what we could do and and feature them on the show and just have them on set. So uh, hopefully, raise energy. We'd uh, love to talk to you guys yeah, more about doing we'll something. Do a song podcast. and dance for Special thanks to our newest sponsor, George Hernandez Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida? Water, flood, fire, mold, storms, smoke, hurricane and wind, lightning, business interruption, theft and vandalism, sinkholes? Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today. Let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. Check me out at Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. If I forgot to say that, Bo, handle? Uh, at BadWorks, B-A-D-W-E-R-K-S. All right. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank Peace, you. love, jujitsu, baby. Oops. Oops. Do, do, do. No, that's the old one, right? <laughs> <laughs>